Okay, everybody, welcome back to This Week in Startups. It is Thursday. We're doing back-to-back badass women interviews, basically. We have an amazing interview today with Mommy CEO and co-founder Melissa Hanna. She was on back in January 2020, right before the pandemic, which changed everything for this business, which is focused on maternal health care and outcomes. Today, she joined to talk about the $9.2 million Series A that she just announced. It is an incredible interview on a really, really important topic. You're going to love it. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Thorn. Thorn empowers people to take control of their long-term well-being with a proactive science-based approach to health. Through a variety of at-home tests, Thorn teaches you about what your body needs and provides the right high-quality certified nutritional supplements for you. To get started and take 10% off your first order, head to thorn.com slash you slash twist. Embroker. Embroker's startup insurance program helps startups secure the most important types of insurance at a lower cost and with less hassle. Save up to 20% off of traditional insurance today at embroker.com slash twist. While you're there, get an extra 10% off using offer code twist and reforge reforge is a career development platform for top tier professionals in growth product marketing and engineering their summer cohort starts july 18th so apply for membership today at reforge.com slash twist melissa hannah is ceo and co-founder of mommy which uh, she started all the way back in 2014 melissa thanks so much for coming back on twist thank you thanks so much for having me it's great to be back And we're actually having you uh, at a congratulatory moment, which we're going to talk more about. But congratulations on your recent raise. Tell us the details. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, quite a thrill. Uh, (laughs) We closed our Series A um, led by Goldman Sachs um, asset management team um, with uh, participation from um, some of the bigger names on our cap table, including um, Revolutions Rise of the Rest Seed Fund and Muse Capital, Backstage Capital. These are all longtime investors from the early days of the company. So it's really great to see folks double down on their commitment to the company and, and to the work we're doing. Um, and uh, yeah, it was $9.2 million Series A. Uh, long time coming for the company, um, very much... Uh, about the the path to commercialization for an enterprise healthcare company. That's just that's been the story of of uh, the business, just building that out and making the business case for mommy. Um, well, remind us before we dive more into that commercialization plan that is now enabled by this new funding. Um, remind people who don't know what mommy does. Mommy is an integrated benefits platform for maternal and infant health. Uh, we um, are building the digital infrastructure needed to connect patients and providers together across this highly fragmented market that is maternity care and infant care. And we really focus on delivering outcomes-based programs um, through uh, prenatal and postpartum care, basically from the time you find out you're pregnant all the way through baby's first birthday. Uh, and we do that through um, selling those programs to healthcare enterprises. Um, so that means insurance companies, health systems, big hospitals, um, all of those kinds of organizations can um, contract with Mommy to uh, distribute access to our comprehensive maternal health care programs. Got we it. Have, so uh, mothers yeah, are not paying you directly. It's a B2B. Right. 
Yeah, it's a B2B2C business. Um, there are some things that moms can pay for directly in the platform, but that's really not the core aspect of the experience. We want to make sure that this is actually highly accessible and um, available across the um, uh, across the market, which means actually selling to a lot of um, publicly funded um, health plans as well. Like we do a lot of work in Medicaid. Oh, great. Yeah. So there's not that concern that this is like any kind of private healthcare that, you know, if you're a mother in need, I know that your uh, goal is addressing disparities in maternal care. And yes. and this is not a situation where you would have to, you know, you'd go pay for a private clinic. Right. We are a, um, a really a solution for, for all families and um, designed to close gaps in care and create health equity, as you said, eliminating those healthcare disparities that uh, exist in the market today. Um, tell me about, you mentioned this and it's, it's a big question that I have. You've been operating since 2014 and just now did your series A. Um, were you just so lean and profitable this whole time? We've been extremely lean. Yes. Um, we've, uh, this, this market I think has been under, um, valued and underappreciated by investors for a long time. So, um, you know, we had to sort of fight a lot of, um, um, misconception around uh, the the opportunities within maternal and infant health care um, for for the first few years of the company's founding. And um, as part of that, it also meant just like figuring out how to keep doors open while we were trying to make the case um, in the venture world. So yeah, you know, we, we made money from day one and um, have always uh, really just like optimized for um, a, a very efficient business that is uh, continually selling something that people will will value and pay for, um, and and now things have sort of converged where uh, the investment world has started to see the potential in what we're doing as well. What do you think caused that shift, and then sort of made you go like, all right, this is the time to raise more money? Uh, well, I I'm always raising, so I right <laughs> right. There was so a there's that. Yeah. I said, oh, we should go raise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's always the pursuit of. Um, of capital, gotcha. uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, um, the, the larger, you know, pursuit of growth. Um, but it, there's uh, the, the pandemic certainly has been, um, an, an accelerant for digital health generally. Um, we've seen some massive rounds come together in the past, uh, 24 months. And, um, so we were following those trends and there was a lot of enthusiasm from our current investors to get back out there and um, and reintroduce the company to the market um, as a you know as as a venture backable business. Um, there there are probably a few different factors at play. So I think one of them would be sort of the macro trends around digital health as an area for investment, and and it's you know definitely picked up across the board for companies. The second is that. Um, Maternal and child health in particular has, um, you know, has been on the national stage for a long time as a topic of, um, conversation from a, from a health equity standpoint. But it's now starting to become part of the, um, healthcare economics conversation as well. It, it's, it's imperative that there be, um, ultimately like downward pressure on the vertical for, um, for incumbents and, and enterprise organizations to adopt innovation, right? Like if, if, if they don't see a problem and they think what they're doing is fine and moms and babies are happy and healthy and everything's working, then those organizations are not going to seek out, uh, you know, innovative solutions and partnerships with startups like ours. Um, and so what happened during the pandemic is it created a lot of downward pressure on um, the kinds of organizations that companies like ours sell to and, and, and work with. Um, and so then 
as soon after lockdowns began, there was just a mad rush to start to look into what um, technology companies could do to uh, to to resolve some of the um, issues that were arising. For example, when hospitals and and clinics um, didn't want patients that were not sick coming in, yeah. Um, then, you know, for, for a lot of folks, okay, that's fine. I'm not planning to go in anyway. So sure, I'll stay home. I don't need to go maybe for my annual checkup this year. I feel fine. But what if you're pregnant and you're a low or moderate risk pregnant person? Um, you, you still need to go in for checkups. But now the question became, well, could we do a virtual check-in? You know, could we do a virtual appointment with that person instead of having them come in for a visit at the hospital or at the doctor's office? And so those kinds of questions really started to bubble up for a lot of the folks that that we wanted to do business with. And so when we pitched them before the pandemic and said, we've got really great solutions to introduce technology into your maternity care experience, they said, oh, we're fine, we're fine. You know, everything's working just fine. Mm. Um, pandemic hits and everyone's like, okay, wait, you said you have technology? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, we need that pretty yes. bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that, that was absolutely a factor. And um, I mean, I got a, I got an email in my inbox the day after the lockdowns began in Los Angeles. And um, it was from um, an organization that I had pitched repeatedly in the previous two years. And they had continually been like, yeah, we're just not ready. We don't need it right now. It's going to take a long time to implement. We're not ready. The subject line was just capital letters, urgent. Can we talk today? Wow. (laughs) Happy to get on the phone with you. What can we do? (laughs) What can we do for you? (laughs) You're like, I will be as gracious as humanly possible right now. (laughs) Wow. Um, and you had already built it. I mean, this is a solution that had already somewhat presciently included things like remote care. I mean, it really was about modernizing the whole yeah. experience. Like, did you have to build in any fe- any features sort of in response to these pandemic needs? We did. Uh, we had a lot of the infrastructure in place to begin with. But um, as as is preferred, you're you're building along with your customers. You're learning about their needs and you are rapidly designing um, solutions for them. And so it, it got really exciting as soon as, as soon as these bigger players were, were talking about, um, uh, some of the largest public health departments in the country, um, coming to us and saying, Hey, we have a, um, you know, a substantial Medicaid population that's on, you know, county or state funding for healthcare. And we need to provide these services to them. And we don't have infrastructure to do that right now. Um, can we use mommy? to offer these virtual appointments? Can we use mommy to offer classes and support groups to check in on pregnant or recently delivered patients that have been discharged from the hospital that we really don't want them coming back in and we don't want a readmission if we can help it. We need that bed for a COVID patient, for example. But we we need to stay up to date and in touch with what's going on with our um, maternity population. So we were right there ready to go with those core solutions that they needed. But then of course, once we got really entrenched in some of these enterprise relationships with health systems and with insurance companies, we started to see there's even more that they need that we can build out for them. And that journey is actually what led to the Series A. If you're a high-performing founder or operator or human, you need to make sure you take care of your health and your wellness. A founder is one of the most stressful jobs you can have. You can take a huge toll on your physical health, and that is where Thorne can help. Thorne is a health and tech company that offers at-home tests 
that can actually identify where you need the most care. Everything from a gut test that analyzes your gut microbiome. There's also a stress test that measures your stress hormone fluctuations. And these tests help get rid of guesswork around good health. They provide personalized steps for how to eat, how to exercise, and what supplements you should take. I hear you right now saying you think you don't have time for this, but you need to make time for this. Thorne also has a range of multivitamins and supplements that you can subscribe to. Again, this is personalized health and wellness, and Thorne is totally vertically integrated, so you're not dealing with anyone in the middle. It's a one-stop shop to feel better. To get started and take 10% off your first order, head to thorne.com slash you, that's the letter U slash twist. That's thorne.com slash you slash twist today to save 10%. Hmm. Interesting. The the journey of realizing, okay, we've got to build this feature and ship this and add all of these extra things and we're going <laughs> to need a bunch yeah, of engineers and all of a sudden this need is totally pressing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. One of the one of the biggest um, findings, and, and it's not something that was particularly a surprise to us, it was more just that it became clearly, it sort of like came to focus as the, as the, um, the commercialization, uh, like the the opportunity to commercialize um, what we were doing and, and sort of shrink wrap it for enterprise um, came through uh, some of these very large healthcare organizations that initially had thought of us as a pure tech play that was just the software that they needed to operate their own labor and delivery departments, maternity or sort of prenatal care departments and postpartum um, programs. And as the pandemic wore on, um, we started to see nursing shortages. We started to see a lot of turnover in public health departments. Mm-hmm. People were just getting burnt out. They they left their post as, you know, maybe a leader or an administrator of a maternal health care program. And all of a sudden there's just this um this shrinkage of the of the industry. And um and our customers were coming to us and saying, Do you have do you have the people? Like we need staff. We don't just need technology now. We need people who can actually deliver care. We were at the ready with a national network of professionals who can do this work in our community base. They're not working in the building, per se, in the doctor's office, in the hospital. They're working in the community. Um, they're doing home visiting, for example. They're, they're, they're running community programs. And so we said, yeah, we, we've got these people. What, what can we, what can we do to really bring things together for you? And there was just a litany of concerns and challenges that, that our customers had. And so they said, you know, what we really need are nurses. We really need someone who's got that clinical eye who can, kind of listen to the patient's needs, maybe do a video call, maybe do a message, sort of message back and forth, understand what's going on during the pregnancy or after the baby's born and and then um, figure out how to address that and whether or not we need to get a doctor involved. So that's nurse triage. Yep. Cla- classic set of sort of activities that a nurse, a nurse would do, you know, at the doctor's office, at the hospital, but now they needed it done virtually. And we were just like, yes, that we They're have like, those no people. Problem. We could do that. Yeah, wow. and that became the core offering, and and we call that Mommy Gold. It is our um, our program for ongoing support and advocacy by nurses and care coordinators. <laughs> so it's um, it's just a, a a subscription that enterprises can um, basically access and 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 share with their patients and say, hey, we're signing you up for this program. You have all of this support, seven day a week care coordination and remote monitoring by nurses, and um, for the patient, it feels like it's. It's a gift. It's been offered by the healthcare organization. You know, it's yeah. been made available to them. But mommy is actually stewarding and managing the entire program. That is remarkable. And I have a million questions about the mechanics of that. But I'm just so struck by 
you know, there's this idea that success is when preparation and timing collide. And I, I mean, I wonder what you think your business would look like today had it not been for the pandemic. Like, obviously, you had built a really yeah. strong business. There was plenty of need for it. Our, you know, maternal mortality rates alone, you know, let let alone the cost of giving birth in the United States would have suggested that that everybody needed mommy. And then here this pandemic came and it was like, things can change so much faster than all these organizations thought they could. Yes, uh, I think that the... Um the, the pandemic has um, altered all of our lives in ways that are not um, entirely measurable. Like it's it's difficult to fathom the impact that um, the the isolation and the uncertainty um, and the fear um, and um, really all of the big emotions that we that we've all experienced during this time. How those things have shifted the course of our lives, and then add into that, you know, just like a little fly by night startup, you know, I mean, it's how, how it changed the course of things for us. Um, we've always, we've always struggled with funding. We've never struggled with our mission or with our value proposition. We always knew that we were doing things that mattered. And in fact, um, you know, I, I recently spoke with like an early stage founder seed, pre-seed that was saying that, uh, they were struggling with their business because they felt like they were doing too much, which mm. has been my <laughs> been my anxiety the whole time. Like, we're doing too much. We yeah. have to do it, you know, like do one thing well, as they focus, say. Focus, focus, focus. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that tension of like, okay, well, how do we reconcile that the things we're doing are working, but maybe it's not framed, it's not structured, it's not clear to the market in a way that can be systematically sold, commercialized and, you know, rinse and repeat mm-hmm. um, that, that, that that all makes sense, like to the market in house, like, yeah, we, we know we do it, mommy, but we had struggled with matching that reality with what people sort of saw on the outside. A lot of people told me like, I don't really know what you guys do. I don't really get it. And some people would say, hey, you're probably doing too much. <laughs> mm, yeah. What I've, what I would say that the pandemic did for this business is that it, it really, um, it shone a very bright light on the work, the impact of what we've done, like the outcomes that we actually have, it, it made it easy to sort of bring into clarity what the value proposition was in a way that um, the external sort of the, the outside world could understand. And mm-hmm. the way that that happened was entirely driven by the experience that people had um, of the pandemic, meaning, let me just as a simple thing. We've always known that the work that mommy has done is something that should be think of should be thought of as a benefit, um, and in the in the idea of like a health plan, like it's um, having ongoing support during your pregnancy shouldn't be a luxury. Right. It should be something that's included. It should right. be something that's part of your health plan. It should be something that's offered by your employer. It's something that's included with your hospital stay. That when they say, "Hey, you're going home today," they they don't just end the story there. They say you're going home and you're getting access to mommy for the next year to be able to really have the support and guidance you need. Now that, now that you're, you know, moving into this new chapter with, with uh, bringing home a baby. And um, let me tell you, I would have loved to have that instead of all the little hats they gave me. (laughs) Hats are cute. 
You, well, they you, didn't you really as much help. as you can before you leave, right? We're <laughs> literally sitting there like, awesome. they let us leave with this crew? This is not a good idea. We're yes. not ready for this. <laughs> that's what that's what we want to solve. It's like there's there's more that should come with that as you are moving into this next phase. And ideally, if we've been with you during pregnancy, we're we're just we're just in your corner the whole time. We're just yeah. there for you, no matter where you are in that journey. And so we've always thought of this as a benefit. But it wasn't until the pandemic hit that people started asking, wait, what are the benefits that I get with my health plan? Now everyone's using this language around plans and coverage and benefits. Mm. The average person may not have even spoken about healthcare in this way before the pandemic. Certainly a lot of our investors didn't. A lot of the investors I was pitching said, I just don't understand. Are you, why don't we just sell this to parents directly? It's because right. there's a bigger play here with insurance, with health systems, with health coverage. And so now on the other side of this pandemic or whatever this stage is that we're in, um, all the investors understand that. They get mm. the pitch. The consumers get that this is something that I shouldn't have to pay for. It should be something that's included in my health experience. These were things that were part of my vision from the beginning of the company. But it's really hard to explain to someone else outside who doesn't have that um, level of understanding of how healthcare works in the United States, which I think mm -hmm. a lot of us got. We got that understanding in the midst of the pandemic. I'm going to quickly explain one crucial type of insurance that all startups need. It's DNO insurance. You've heard of this before. You might not know what it is. This is directors and officers insurance, and it helps if somebody does something dumb and you get sued. I don't know how to tell you more plainly, or maybe you didn't do something dumb and some dumb person decides to sue you for a dumb reason. I have seen this. I've seen all flavors of it. You need to have DNO. It's just part of growing up as a startup. And if you don't have business insurance, well, you're going to have failed one of the first steps of being a founder. The best place to look for it is in broker and brokers technology is going to save you time. It's going to save you money. Prices are up to 20% lower and you get better coverage than the incumbents. You can go from sign up to quote and purchase in just 10 minutes. When you work with in broker, instead of all those slow incumbents, you're not dealing with those giant lumbering large companies. Sign up takes days, not weeks. And the process is transparent. There is no opaque pricing. So to instantly buy custom-built insurance for startups, go to inbroker.com slash twist. While you're there, you're going to get an extra 10% off by using the code twist. Easy to remember this week in startups, T-W-I-S-T. Go to inbroker, E-M-B-R-O-K-E-R.com slash twist and use that offer code T-W-I-S-T. Do you ever feel this is a great outcome for you and for millions of mothers in America. Do you ever feel a little pissed that that it took this 100 year because the inequities were always there, right? The disparities are terrible. The business was always clearly articulated and strong and it must be on some level sometimes late at night like a little bit infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's your job as a founder to stay positive. I'm just saying, oh, I would no, be only pissed. only on podcasts like this. No, I, <laughs> um, I've been pissed. I have been pissed since I founded this company. I, yeah. I did, yeah. You're I, like, I founded I, it because I was pissed. <laughs> um, I can be, I, I can be um, both uh, happy and sad. I, I can be joyous and also self-righteously um, angry um, while building this company. And I, I try and create... Um, space for that for my team as well, uh, because this is, this is difficult work. It is, yeah. um, not, not the only space in, in, you know, in, in healthcare or in startup land or, or whatever you want to call it. Any of these different 
worlds that we we kind of coexist in, um, it's not the only hard thing. It's only one of the many hard things that people are addressing. This one attracts people to it. And I speak here for my my team and, and for the people I've met who work at um, other companies in maternal and child health. It attracts people who are incredibly passionate, um, compassionate, and um, downright emotional about this work. Yeah. And so if I try and shroud that and just be like, happy, yay, yay, you know, we're, we're killing the game all the time. I am doing a disservice to the, the team um, in, in that in that moment. So yeah, I, I, I've been pissed. I mean, that's what in some, in some cases, it, it's what drives me to build the business the way that I am building it, because there have been many off ramps, like there are a lot of other things we could have built. And there's a lot of other ways we could have built this we picked the hardest path. We picked enterprise healthcare. We picked insurance mm-hmm. company sales. We picked hospital and health system sales. Um, yeah. We picked building software and services and not just one or the other, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, to have <laughs> built a network of actual human beings is really not done these days. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the answer. Yeah. I, I'm pissed, but I'm, I'm happy as well. And I, I've had, I've had two years, uh, along with all the other digital health, um, founders, uh, out there across the country to reckon with, um, that indignation, mm-hmm. really, but just that feeling of like, how could I possibly be happy right now? How could I possibly, um, be feeling anything but, um, the despair that, that, that so many of us have experienced in living through this pandemic and losing people right. in this pandemic? Um, so it is, yeah, it's, it's a weird, weird state of existence. Yeah. I, I, yes, I was thinking the same, like, it's sort of profoundly strange to think that this incredible outcome came in such a terrible way when it should have been so obvious all along. Yeah. Um, not to, you know, make this therapy interview, but I feel a little emotional talking about it. You know, like we're also talking in the spring of 2022 when women are extra pissed extra pissed yeah that is that's the way to say it and uh i had um someone recently i mean literally like (laughs) this is all happening in just the past few weeks between the fundraise announcement um the yeah the um, leaked opinion um for v wade uh this i had someone say um you got to get online and, and and make a statement and and um you know Put a, put a tweet out there, you know, like you got it, you know, every, all the, all the female founders, all the femtech founders, all the whatever maternity tech founders, everyone's got to do something. Um, and, and I, I, I stopped the person. I said, look, this is fundamental to our business. This isn't just like, oh, let's get on, let's get on the right. cultural, you know, bandwagon here and like put up a, put up a square of some kind. Like this affects the way that we operate in delivering care to women across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, this affects the way that we work with state health departments. It affects the way that we work with Medicaid programs. It affects the way we work with federal, with the federal government. And we have contracts, um, that vary in, in sort of the, the levels of, of, you know, us like civics and governing <laughs> government. Yeah. Like we, we work in the private sector, but we also work in the public sector. And so things that affect the way that we access care in this country, all types of care. Um, can have a profound effect on the way that the startups in the space deliver on that promise. We're, mm-hmm. we're not the only ones out there saying, hey, we want to increase access to care for people. We're just one of the many startups doing that work. And um, 
And so, yeah, I think that there are some um, important conversations that this uh, this industry is going to have to have um, in how we how we proceed as uh, we we witness, um, you know, like earth earth shaking change in mm-hmm. this market. Right. You just came out of an earthquake and change earth shaking change to your business. And now there's another one on the horizon. I, I, if I tell you, we're ready because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> could have predicted been, the last one. Right? You've been through the yeah. wars now. It, so. That's it. it it's um, the, the whole idea of sort of the like wartime, peacetime CEO and, and you know, how to be about these kinds of things. I, I, I thought I had a playbook, you know, I, I, I thought I had a way to, to conceptualize the, the fight because this is a fight in what we're doing. We are addressing some egregious stats in this country that have persisted for decades around mm-hmm. how women receive maternal health care, the quality of that, whether um, they live or die in the, in the hands, by the hands of the people that are caring for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a fight from the beginning. Now it's just like, okay, you know, <laughs> double up on the armor because we're not, we're not giving up on, on our mission. Yeah. I mean, we should note that one of your notable prior investors and hopefully current, it was Serena Williams who herself yes, yeah almost died in childbirth because she could not get doctors to understand what she was telling them about her own body. Yes. And she has uh, shared her story um, uh, and very boldly uh, and, and, um, and really put, um, you know, I would say put, put her own experience out there um, as, as uh, a way for people to understand that this is, this could happen to anyone and that this is systemic. Um, It's the way that we, treat women it's the way that we listen or don't listen to women and that um and and i know she i mean really it's been uh it's been awesome to have her as an investor as someone who has spoken out about this um and really used her platform for change as well yeah um tell me about the business let's do some nuts and bolts before <laughs> before i go all the way down the women's health route <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because that could be a very long conversation. Um, how how does the pricing work and, and how is it selling into? I mean, this is, a, of course, a legendarily hard industry to move, even, I would imagine, in the face of the kind of really dramatic change that has taken place. How do you make those those inroads and, and create those relationships? That's a great question. <laughs> I like that question. <laughs> they more call than, you. But usually, yeah, no, really. <laughs> usually I get the question just like, how do you guys make money? I say, in, I say in a lot of different ways, uh, yeah. because that's, that was that's my the guess. Like that answer yeah. clearly is very complicated, but the most important part is right. Yeah. You, people yeah. have to, I mean, it's care. They have to trust you. You must have a yeah. massive sort of vetting, you know, due oh, diligence yeah. book for them. Yes, we have SOPs on SOPs. We are we are all about <laughs> compliance and, and sort of like systems systems based management of um, what we're doing across the country. Uh, so I'll give you the sale. Like, what is the thing that we've actually shrink wrapped and commercialized um, for healthcare organizations to to get from Mommy? Um, so I mentioned it sort of briefly. It's Mommy Gold. Mm-hmm. It is this ongoing support and advocacy from nurses and care coordinators, and that includes. Um, this seven day a week, you know, on demand, really support as needed um, for any little question and thing that comes up. It really is effectively a nurse hotline that's highly specialized in maternal infant health. 
There's nothing you, you know, you, you can at, um, ask us that we, that we can't answer or won't answer or say, Oh, that's a tough one. You know, if anything, what we're going to do is we're going to give you the information that is within our scope of care, within our scope of practice. Like I sort of say up to the level of like what our team can, um, clinically and legally provide in support. Um, and then, uh, facilitate more attention and care being provided to you by your current care team. So it's literally like, okay, that's a good thing to talk about with your doctor. Do you need help booking your next appointment? We want to make sure you're getting in as soon as possible. Sometimes it's urgent and it's actually like, okay, drop everything. Who's taking care of the baby? You need to go into the urgent care unit or you need to go back to ED emergency um, right now because you may be experiencing an extremely high blood pressure that could be putting you in stroke risk category. There's all sorts of things. There's a gamut of concerns that come up and we hear everything. We, we yeah. just... Um, you know, we, we, we deal with the fun and exciting stuff. We also deal with the scary and, and terrifying stuff. So that is the core experience of having mommy is that we are in your corner. We're actively listening and we actually know your story because you, you get a, a unified health record. You get this interface that is the app for parents to use to sync up the mom and baby's health record together. So you have it all in one place. You have your birth story. What was the pregnancy like? What was childbirth like? How's the baby doing? How are you doing? Um, maybe there are losses along the way. There may have been other, um, other conditions or maybe other concerns. Um, there may be a history of previous pregnancies and you want to have that all managed together so that if you're going to share your birth story with someone, they kind of have the rest of it, the, the pieces of the puzzle there. And that prevents a lot of medical error because if mm-hmm. we think of, you know, patients as sort of like needing advice, like that's one size fits all, we're, we're going to miss the needs of the patient population. So we want to know your birth story, your unified health record story, along with the care that's being provided through mom. Now, there's also a lot of fun educational things. <laughs> there's support groups and classes and there's community and there's sort of having that um, that normalization of the experience, like just being able to hear from other people, like what's going on in their lives. And so we have a lot of um, support groups that are offered each week that are just like drop-in hangout sessions um, childbirth education classes, all included. Everything is free for parents to be able to to engage with. And then there's wow. sort of the coup d'etat, which is the national network of community-based birth professionals, doulas, midwives, lactation consultants, nutritionists, therapists, pelvic floor, um, pelvic floor therapists, um, occupational therapists, uh, social workers, and so on. People that are really just like in your neighborhood, get your community, get your experience, and um, are going to meet you where you're at. And so that's the mommy network that we're able to then through our nurses and care coordinators in house route you into care and make mm-hmm. sure that you're adding those kinds of folks sort of to bolster up your care team. So it's not just your OB and your pediatrician. It's all of those other people that can be really beneficial across the maternity journey. Right. So that's like what we have packaged together and offer. And it's sold basically on an, like an annual contract value. It's sold, um, to enterprises for their patient populations. You, you know, you get that so you can give it out to everyone and every patient that's sort of part of your, um, your, your population, your membership on your plan, whatever that is, can then just activate their account on mommy. Yeah. From there, we make it possible for those enterprise organizations to build out new service lines and new, um, kinds of offerings for their membership. So it starts with mommy gold. It's kind of the building block. It's just like, let's get your patients access to those nurses, those care coordinators and, and referrals to the providers in the network. Mm-hmm. But as we, um, 
recently launched with uh, Blue Shield California, um, they wanted a doula to be available to every one of their members that was coming sort of into mommy. They said, we want to build on that, add mommy gold plus a doula. And so we're able to then contract with a group of doulas um, that are vetted, that are really phenomenal in their own work, have wonderful healthcare outcomes for their, for the mothers they care for and really get their community and, um, and live in that community and work in that community. And so adding in the doula component was something that was just sort of a, you know, layer number two, building on the core offering for mommy, adding on doulas on top of that. And so the same thing is possible. If you say, we want everyone to have a lactation consultant, let's add that on. We want everyone to have mental health support. Let's add that on. And so it just sort of grows from there. That's the integrated benefit is that you're kind of putting everything for the patient in one place. All right, listen, Reforge is a career development platform for top tier professionals, people who work in growth, product, marketing, and engineering. These are like the four pillars of your company, aren't they? Growth, product, marketing, engineering. Are you making those four functions and your leaders in those functions as great as they can be? Well, Reforge onboards new members and cohorts, and then they give them year-round access to all the program content, a vetted community of peers, plus weekly releases and events. And here's why members love it. Well, career advancement. You're going to want to get a promotion. You're going to want to get a raise. And how do you justify that? By being better at your job. How are you going to get better at your job? You're going to do skills training and work with a community that's going to make you better. You're going to sharpen your blade at Reforge. Their summer cohort is starting July 18th. So you got time for you to become a bigger contributor at your company. You want to apply for membership today. And you have to apply. Reforge.com slash twist. Applications take under three minutes. And if you get in there and you're accepted, you're going to become a super executive. You're going to be a real contributor to your team. Apply at reforge.com slash twist. R-E-F-O-R-G-E dot com slash twist. I mean, I'm really mad this didn't exist when I had my son. Um, But also, how do you get those? It sounds like sort of a multi-sided marketplace. How do you build that network? And what is the incentive for those doulas and all of those nutritionists and the lact, you know, lactation yeah. consultants to be on the platform? Yeah, it is. Uh, I, it is a market network, or uh, I guess would be one way to describe it. Um, it is a multi-sided platform where um, our core customers are the enterprises that are coming to us and saying, "Can you build out these programs for us? Can we can we get access to mommy for our patient population?" But um, in order to make that possible, we have to have a really robust network of providers who are just amazing at what they do. Mm-hmm. And to do that well, we have to make something that they that they want and that's something that um, is valuable to them and, and them alone. And that's the mommy platform for community-based health professionals. <laughs> we actually are a SaaS company <laughs> at the core. <laughs> we, we built software for providers that just that works wow. very well and continues to evolve. And we have a team that's dedicated to building out really great software for community-based birth professionals. It allows them to chart and document care. It allows them to um, send and receive those referrals, co- uh, collaborate and communicate with other professionals. So maybe the doula is like, I've got a really great nutritionist I want you to talk to. Let's link that person in right now. You can do all of that within the platform, um, booking and scheduling and all of the kinds of like practice management tools that a birth professional would need. Right. Um, that's, that's the SaaS side of the business that makes it possible to actually have such a great network of professionals. And for us to actually know, like to really vet that the folks that are in the mommy network are really good because 
we we literally can see their work. We can see that they're just so high touch, so supportive, so compassionate toward the patients, so on top of the things that are going on with patient care that we can feel really confident then to effectively sell that network to enterprises and say, hey, we've got a really great group of people here in this region that can deliver this kind of care to your patients. Right. Um, I sort of feel like I don't understand why this is only a 40, not to get us all pissed again, but I sort of feel like I don't understand why this is only a $45 million valuation because this is a, I, I think about the, num- the, the TAM here and it feels very large to me. It, <laughs> it is. Um, I'm not trying, I swear to God, I'm not instigating here. I just, sure? it feels like you're baiting me. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Um, I mean, I look, I don't, don't, oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm here. Um, say, don't get me started on uh, the, um, the imbalance, the imbalance in this industry. There are mm-hmm. a few very big players that have um, received uh, outsized uh, sort of um, amounts of venture capital and valuations in this space, mm. um, and a whole lot of players that are uh, quite small um, and just getting started, just building, but very purposefully building their solutions. Um, and uh, and they're in this sort of the pre-seed and seed phase. There's actually not that much in the in sort of the um, early to growth stage, you know, A B zone here. And in fact, yeah. that made it harder. There were conversations right, that we right. had as part of the journey toward a Series A that included, should we join forces with a couple of other companies and just make a bigger company? Because, you know, investors were telling right. all of us founders the same thing, which is, you know, um, every all the dollars during the pandemic started moving to the polls. It was like, all of a sudden, there was a proliferation of um, early stage VC, you know, 25, 50, 250, you know, $1,000 checks going to early, early stage companies. And then <laughs> investors right. that were telling me like, you know, we just don't get involved for less than 40 million. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. Um, how do I get there? I, I can't right, even, exactly. I You're like, something like, <laughs> if you want to give me 40 million, then that's <laughs> right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, Got and those, that makes those sense. investors <laughs> say included Goldman Sachs. So it's actually, a, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a wonder in its own that they, uh, you know, that they actually led this round. Um, you know, people keep asking me like, how how did Goldman Sachs get involved? Like they don't do these kinds of deals. They don't feel and, like femtech investors to me. I'm just you know I haven't met a lot of them, but <laughs> well, I found the best hmm. ones. How about that? I found the yeah. best ones in the yeah. organization. Um, no, we're we uh, we're working with the folks through the launch with GS initiative um, for diverse founders with the folks from um, the the growth equity team that have um, an impact uh, focus and impact lens on their work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the, the, the initiative that, um, is, you know, sort of like literally where the dollars came from, the 1 million black women, um, initiative through Goldman Sachs. And they, and so there are these sort of intersecting, um, uh, initiatives that, uh, sort of were happening within the firm that it took a while to understand who was who and who was doing what kind of work and then start to build those relationships out. And it, it's been a long time. Like, you know, this did not happen overnight by any means. Yeah. Um, I pitched them 10 times. I mean, I, I got 10 no's before I got the, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to lead this deal. Wow. Um, and, and they were, they were, uh, hearty no's. <laughs> like, <laughs> Melissa, we <laughs> already told you <laughs> we don't do this. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, you do. God, I mean, good for you because. Ooh. Oh, I, I fought. <laughs> I fought yeah. for this. And, um, and, and that was because 
there there were enough signals and we were actually working very closely with them. I, we went through the Launch with GS program. We got all of this great coaching and, and one-on-one support from a lot of people across the firm. Like we, we worked with people at the healthcare desk. We worked with people in growth equity. We worked with people in the public markets. Like we started to understand how to shape and articulate the, the, the business to investors. Mm-hmm. And so that whole time I'm like, and you guys are not investing. Why? <laughs> and, and so, you know, I understood that there was a distinction that was just like, we don't do early stage deals. Right. But it seemed like there was just a, a really big gap in the understanding about how to actually grow this particular market. I mean, I'm, I am diplomatically addressing your original question here. The reality is like, yeah, there's just was not enough money coming into this space for a really long time. And there was a yeah. little bit of, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> a little bit of money. There was a lot of money going to a little bit of companies, like a little group of companies that were, um, rapidly progressing through the letters. And the rest of us sort of that were, you know, being looked at as like, yeah, well, now, you know, you've got a really big competitor. So like, you know, why should we find, you know, you hear all this stuff like, right, well, you're like, I wouldn't have had that really big competitor if you had. Co-. Right. I was actually on a walk and talk with um, a very high ranking executive um, at Goldman Sachs. And I was at an event and I ran into the CEO of one of these large companies that had received a lot more funding and, you know, indirect, like in, in the space, in the realm. Um, and, uh, we had like a very, um, service level, like very calm conversation. Oh, hi. Hey, how are you? How are you? But I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, you have a hundred million dollars and I can't seem to, you know, like, get nine. <laughs> get, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so we're just like chopping it up. Um, and the person that I'm walking with, uh, we sort of pass and we keep moving and, and the. Um, executive from Goldman Sachs is like, who's that? And I was like, oh, that's just like one of the most well-funded companies in this space, um, led by a um, a white female founder. I mean, right. it's, it's right. like, that's part of it too. And I realized that I'm not going to deny that like, I just don't look like or present like or act like whatever sort of was the the archetype founder that people were betting on earlier on in, in women's health, femtech. And so... Um, yeah, this this executive was like, okay, it seemed like you guys were all chopping it up like real cool there, but I'm feeling <laughs> a lot of heat coming off you right now, Melissa. <laughs> yeah, this is what really yeah. happened. It was like, you know, yeah, the person wow. was trying to make sense of it, not knowing, like just imagining two like slightly competitive CEOs just being like, hi, how's it going? Like, how's your company? <laughs> it's like Mean Girls. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, I, I love like, that for you. Yeah. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so... <laughs> Um, in, in them processing this, I sort of saw it like sort of done on their, on their face of like, oh my gosh, like this is the discrepancy. This is the disparity in this market. And, uh, and, and they were like, yeah, you seem like low key, like super angry right now. And I'm like, yes, I am low key, yeah. super angry right now because this is what I'm up against. Y'all are telling me, go out there, make the case for this company, go get the funding, go build the business, go compete. But meanwhile, you have all the money and I'm working with you and, I can't get any of it because I just haven't raised enough to warrant your funds yet. Right. You, right. You either need it's to back trap. off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and this is really the signal. This was the conversation we had was like, either you guys need to sort of step away and let me figure this out with funds that can help us at this stage or put your money where your mouth is. And it started a domino effect that I didn't even know after that walk and talk. It was actually, it was a few more months. It was several more months before. 
I found out like, yeah, we've all been talking internally and we want to do this deal. And it was, Hmm. it was, I was like running around the house screaming because I was like, oh my God, this is happening. This is actually happening. (laughs) Yeah. My goodness. I'm so glad that it did. I really am. This is a, this is the part where I think we should note two things. Uh, one, you're one of only 93 black women in the country to have raised millions of dollars in funding. I believe there was a magazine cover. Wasn't there? It was like, oh, guess what? All of the black women in America who raised more than a million dollars fit on one magazine cover. There's, yeah, there, there have been some publications like this. I, I don't think I was on that magazine cover, but I'm, I'm part of the crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then, and I feel like this is actually the right place to go from here. Let's talk about the positive outcomes. Like mommy has served over 15,000 pregnant and birthing individuals, performed thousands of physician escalations and life-saving interventions, hypertension, infection, placental bleeding, severe postpartum depression. Like not only can you say you close this round at long freaking last, um, but this is really, 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 really helping women. It is. It is. Uh, thank you for sharing that because I, I do, <laughs> I do want to bring that up. That, that's, that is, uh, what has made this all worth it. This whole thing, because we're actually, we're doing the damn thing. We've been doing it. And, uh, and that's what made it, um, so, uh, um, <laughs> so heartening <laughs> to like <laughs> finally have, um, this moment happen. It's like, it's it's been there all along. We've we've had the stats. They've been building. They've been increasing. We've been serving more families. We've been serving more mothers and babies, and we've been seeing um, the not just the outcomes go up, but the costs go down. Mm. We're doing it in an efficient way, and Huge. this funding is really going to actually allow for us to create even more um, efficiency for the market on the whole, but also just for ourselves internally. This is about building out even more technology to serve the providers who are serving the patients, right? If we can actually create much more um, like thoughtfully designed uh, solutions for the providers to deliver care, whether they work at mommy in-house, our nursing staff and our care coordinators, or they're part of that community um, network, uh, it's all about them being able to get to the patient faster, understand more completely the patient's needs, that full story from the unified birth record, and then be able to collaborate with each other and not feel isolated and and not leave the patient to feel isolated in the course of care. So the outcomes are um are really I mean our proudest our proudest point like it's great to do the milestone raise and to talk about it but like we have actually saved lives. We have gotten patients care when there have been moments where one of one of our our staff members, one of our team um called the doctor called the hospital, called the L&D unit and said, hey, I need to bring a patient back in. Like, I, she's got to be seen today. Here's what's going on. And people have said, eh, I don't know, my schedule's really busy. Or, hmm. you know, don't send her back in here, send her somewhere else. Or, you know, that doesn't sound... And we have fought and we have said, no, <laughs> let us repeat the stats to you again. You know, here's what's going on. Here's what happened yesterday. Here's what happened the day before. She needs to be seen today. Otherwise, we're going to have an issue. Hmm. And um, in one... In one case, there actually was just uh, as a sort of a shining moment of like, sometimes it takes a moment for people to believe the work and get what we're doing at Mommy. We had a patient that we advocated for. We said, you got to bring her in. We, we basically called ED. We're like, she's coming in. She's coming in tonight. And um, and they said, no, no, hold her. Let her stay overnight. She'll, we'll check on her. You know, to, she had an appointment two days from then, basically. They're mm-hmm. like, give her 48 hours. She should be fine at home to rest. She had a baby about a week ago. 
and had very high blood pressure. And mm-hmm. the doctor said, hang on, she should be fine for the next two days. She has an appointment scheduled already. She, by, by noon the next day, was uh, being driven into the hospital because she was having symptoms of basically like early, early stage of very, very scary symptoms for um, hypertension, like cardiac yeah. condition. And yeah. um, whether that was, that could have resulted in a, a stroke or a heart attack, in this case, what ended up happening was just like so amazing is that, you know, the doctor called back and was like, you guys were right. We, sh- we should have just had her come in when you said she needed to come in. Because to have that yeah. be a readmission that was unplanned versus let's just check on her, let's just bring her in for medication or for an assessment mm-hmm. was the right thing to do rather than what this country has been doing for a very long time, which is waiting until stuff happens right? and then wait, waiting for the patient to have an issue and then doing reactive health care. Right. But you know what? It, it hasn't happened again with that, with that partner because they became true believers and they said, okay, when mommy calls, we're answering the call. Like if they call us, they have information for us. And that's really the promise that we've made in this market is to say, we can handle a lot of stuff. We can help a lot of people. But if we call you and we have information about your patient, we're advocating for her to get care in that moment. You got to listen. So it's, it's really all about that. It's a, uh, yeah, the, the outcomes are what they are because of that. We see lower premature delivery rates. We're able to literally keep people pregnant longer. So they make it to term. Mm-hmm. And we're able to reduce the rate of C-section and induction um, and, you know, really provide opportunities for safer childbirth experiences, for less risky childbirth experiences, because we're, we're just, um, we're sort of staying the course alongside the patient. And so when you have that person alongside you for your maternity experience, um, there's a level of trust. And frankly, there's a level of compliance. Like we're able to help people to sort of stick with the plan. Yeah. The mom who says, you know what? I've got to get back to my shift job. I work nights at this place and my boss won't like, won't let me leave early. Won't let me take maternity leave early. I'm going to lose my job. I have to go in. Yeah. But your doctor said you're at really high risk of delivering early and we got to help you with that. Sometimes you have to actually connect that patient to an advocacy organization so that they can get educated on what their workers' rights are yep. so that they can actually take time off from work so that they don't deliver early. You know, these are the kinds of things we're talking about. It's very practical. It's not it's not magic how you get the good outcomes. It just takes work. Yeah. Melissa Hanna is co-founder and CEO of Mommy doing the damn work. Congratulations on the raise. But most importantly, the live saved. Thank you. <laughs>